Before I start preaching, I would like to request if I can have three strong men to come in front. Aaron, Ben, and Ben's dad. <laughs> wow, today is going to be exciting. Okay, Aaron's dad. Let, let Aaron's dad also come. All of you, no. Ben's dad and Aaron's dad. Now, I want you to watch. You boys. Just go to that corner. I want to, I want to talk to Aaron's dad yeah. and Gerard, and I don't want you to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what I'm going to tell the boys, to push you, to push you to move, and to make sure you're so strong, stand firm, all right? Don't allow it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Okay, now let us have a look. Um, Jared stand here. And Aaron's dad uh, stand here. Now, these are mighty men who have these wonderful boys. And I'm very sure they've been feed, feeding these boys and teaching them and raising them. But I want to see how strong are these boys? Because one day they'll be dads. So I want them to do something to their dads. Let's watch. Ben, go to your dad. And I'm going to what I said. Those men are strong. Boys, you've really tried. The boys have really tried, but their dads were so firm. You couldn't even move your dad. Ben, you tried as much as you could. I thought you were stronger than your dad. You need to eat more. Aaron. Ah, you need to do more exercise, man. <laughs> Wow, that was great. Thank you so much for that. I know you're sweating a bit, but uh, that was good exercise, and we've learned something out of that. So I want us to read from the book of First Peter chapter 5, from verse 14, verse 10 to 14. These are the last words in that chapter. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal grace, uh, to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever amen with the help of Silas whom I regard as a faithful brother I have written to you briefly encouraging you to testify encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings. And so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Wow. What a wonderful text. 
I know you are wondering, how can someone bring a, te- a, a preaching a sermon out of such a text of greeting one another with a kiss of love? Should we read such things in the church? Well, we all write messages, we all write letters. Now to the mothers and the fathers who are here, how many of you ever wrote a letter and posted to your friend or to your mother? Anyone has ever written a letter? I remember when I was young, I used to write a letter and would say, I would like to greet you. No, I forgot. It's my hope that you are fantastic. If you are not, then you need to be cocalastic. <laughs> and I was like, and we just used to use those words. We didn't understand. Why they, where they came from. But now I realize we used to say fantastic because we used to have a drink that is called Fanta. And Coca-Lastic, there's a drink called Coca-Cola. And so every time we were writing this letter, at the end of it, you'd like to, to say, we guys, or hope to hear from you soon, missing you. But we made sure that before you say that, you've given everything that you wanted to the message that you wanted to write in that letter, you've already written it and emphasized on it. Then you come and finish it. The same is applying in this chapter. Peter is writing a letter, and this is a final letter. He's trying to end his letter. So he's ringing a note of grace. His entire letter has been a letter of hope and salvation. Yes. The letter is about suffering and perseverance. But the final note he strikes is the one of grace. It's the one of grace. Peter is, consider, is, is considering his leaders or his readers, the people who are reading, he's calling them as elect of God. Do you know what? Child of God, you are an elect of God. We are chosen. We are a royal priesthood. Every time I talk to people, at times I tell them, do you know what? My dad is a king. Where I come from, my dad is a king. And the daughter of a king. And very few people can understand what I mean. Okay, when I, when I was in Kenya, I would tell people, my dad, is, my dad is a king. And people used to think, yeah. Helen is a king's daughter because my dad was very, very known and he was a senior police officer before he retired and everywhere he went, people respected him a lot and I never had a chance of walking to school like other children, barefoot. I used to go to school with a government car. So I felt, I just kept telling people, I'm a daughter of a king and my dad, my dad used to say, Hello, my daughter. I used to be called baby, but don't ever call me that name. We'll not agree. All right. <laughs> Come back to the sermon. So Peter is considering the readers as an elect of God. And he's telling them that you need to stand firm in the true grace of God. He wants them to endure and persevere in their faith. He is reminding them of key truths that will help them. Remain faithful until they enter glory. Three things we see in this passage. One, there is a promise. Two, there is exhortation. 
And number three, there is a closing word. So I want to go through these three, uh, three things that I'm talking about, and I hope I'd finish on time. I'm so grateful that I wasn't told how long I'm going to take. So even if I sleep for two hours, that would be great. Hallelujah. So the first one is promise. Uh, we read in First Peter chapter 5 as from verse 10 to 11 that God will bring us home. These two verses, they conclude the body of Peter's letter. What does Peter want us to know? He wants us to know that God's glorious grace in Christ is what will enable believers to persevere until the very end. He gives us a promise of what God is going to do. Yeah? He just exhorted believers to resist the devil, but he also wants them to know that God is going to do it. Is this significance in our life? Yeah, it is. Because he wants us to know that we must stand firm by mainly looking and trusting in what God has accomplished in Christ. And that's why he says, receive the grace of God. That is how you endure it. It's not mainly God do. But believe, trust, receive and cleave to Christ. And this is going to happen after you have suffered for a little while. Peter is answering perhaps an unstated, implicit question coming from his readers. Now, when we were sharing, everybody, I just heard Pastor talk about redundancy. And we were all listening to this testimony and we were laughing. And even Aaron's dad, he talked about how God has opened doors for him. And when he started, I was like wondering, ah, so where is he heading to? And when he said, and I'm 50, I'm like, oh dear, don't say you're a job seeker. <laughs> and he continued, but he didn't end up in job seeker. I was wrong. The Lord has made the way for him. Now, even when he didn't, he didn't have a job, I believe his trust was in God. And we all have those ups and downs in life. We don't have that kind of a straight line life. Even Harry, the son of Charlie, has got issues. We have ups and downs. And, and we are so, so much better that we are having these ups and downs, but we have Christ in us. Amen. And Peter is writing this letter now. He's trying to encourage us that we will endure this suffering. After how long are we going to endure this suffering? Is it going to be five days? Is it five years? Is it five decades? Wow. Whether it is 10 years or 20 years, it is still little. Mm. Why? And the Lord is encouraging us through Peter, Peter's letter that we need to stand firm we need to lift our heads above the clouds and see the sun still shines. Now, the Bible talks about that Jesus will come in the clouds. And the clouds are coming. Maybe it's just about to come. But again, today in the morning, Jade was going to Sydney. And I'm sure that when she was flying, she was looking 
clouds. But when the plane takes off, it goes and goes beyond the clouds. And although here now we are seeing it's a bit cloudy, but after the cloud, it's shining. The sun is up. It's another world. And that is what Peter is trying to tell us, that we should stop seeing under the clouds. Let's see beyond the clouds where the light is shining, where the sun is shining, where things are so good. There's nothing that is hindering us. All these clouds of the world that are trying to bring us all this kind of atmosphere that makes us feel cold, like the way I'm seeing Dara trying to put on a jumper because it's cold. All this will end. Hallelujah. Wow. We read two things about this mm. promise maker. That God is God of all grace. Mm. And two, he has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. And that the promise maker will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. What does that mean? God of all grace. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And Peter is suggesting that God lavishes his grace upon his children. He gives us everything that we need to endure. And that is what we all need to know every day we wake up and we go to sleep. That we are supposed to cling and also trust God in everything we do. We have a promise maker. And he has called us to his eternal glory in Christ. We are elect of God. I love the verse that says, for I chose you. Even before you were born. And makes me to wonder. So, even, even before I was born, God had already chosen me and ordained me. Do you see yourself as special? Because the Lord has chosen you. A lot of people that are living in this world, who are your age mates, who maybe you've gone to school together, are suffering because they are not in the Lord. But the Lord has chosen you. And he has given you that promise. And you live with that promise knowing it shall be well, despite what is going on. Our glorification will surely come to pass if we don't believe and don't take hold of our salvation. We need to cling to Jesus in our day-to-day life. And after all that, we will get into our inheritance. When it comes to eternal glory, our future salvation and our heavenly salvation, it's as good as done. God will do whatever it takes to make sure that you reach eternal glory. You know, at times... Life becomes so tough and you get all these mix-ups and you just say, Lord, I just surrender everything to you. I just surrender all my children to you. I've tried all I can. I'm just surrendering them back to you. Do what you want with them. But we keep on holding and holding. It's like you want to give a baby a good bottle of maybe... That you like most, Father. Oh wow! <laughs> so God wants to give you the Father, but you're holding the bottle of water, and you're not aware that He's holding Father for you. And He wants you to lift the water so that He can give you that best. 
drink and to keep on holding and to keep drinking small. And you pretend it's nice, but it is tasteless. And the Lord is having those sweet waters, those sweet blessings for you. But you are just holding to your past life. And God is saying today, it's time for you to release yourself so that I can give you the best. Amen. We need to stop holding ourselves to the past. God promises that he will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish us. God will bring to completion everything that he has begun in you. He will help you. He will surely bring us all the way home. He's going to restore us and confirm us after we have suffered, whether little while or long time. He wants us to stand firm. I know we are raising children today, and that has been a lot of challenge to parents. We are raising this young generation, and we are putting all our trust and our hope and our prayers into these children. And we just trust that these children are going to grow well. But when they go to the school, the education they get, the friends they are with in class, even when they go to games, all the talks they are getting there, some of them, they are not biblical. Some of the schools that we are taking our children to, they are not Christian schools. And so they can even have some other doctrines that are not right for our children. And these children grow. And they come back home big-headed. And that's when they start to push their dad. The dad says, okay, I don't want you to come here after seven. And the boy says, I, I think I'm having a tuition up to nine. And he starts coming home at nine. And next minute you hear your boy is in drugs. Because we are trying all we can to protect these children. But we can't. It's time for us as parents, as grandparents, to release these children and just surrender them to Lord. Mm. Pray that God, you are going to take care of them, even when they are in school, wherever they are. Let us learn to surrender these children. Remember, the more you keep holding to these children, the more you are giving them that mentality that there's something you are protecting them not to go to do. And that is what they want to do, especially in some stages. So let us surrender everything and get to know that these children, God has given them to us as a blessing. It's something that the Lord has started in us, that he has given them to us as a gift. And if the Lord has given us these children as a gift, he's going to start something in, in them. And if we start something in them and we just surrender these children back to the Lord, the Lord will accomplish what he has already started in them. Peter suffered. He got into a point of even denying Jesus. But Jesus restored him. We read about this in John 21. He confirmed his faith and love and then strengthened him and established him to be a pillar of the church. God will complete what he has begun. Every house that puts its trust and faith in the Lord and surrenders all what it has to the Lord, the Lord will accomplish his work upon this family. Let us surrender to the Lord. If you walk away from this series thinking, 
suffering is coming. Because I've just talked about the challenges, then you go home and say, wow, I've not yet suffered, so I should prepare myself for suffering because it looks like everyone has to go up and down. So I'm going to wait for this suffering. Child of God, there is nothing like that that is coming to you. I want to encourage you. You need to strengthen your faith. Even when there is suffering that is coming or there is no suffering that is coming, strengthen your faith. Maybe the Lord is protecting you from the suffering so that you can be a pillar to that other person who will undergo that suffering. Now, Peter used some warnings and exhortations. And what were, the, were these? That God's people will persevere and enter into eternal glory. I know we don't like warnings. Warnings don't undermine God's effectual calling and our new identity, but provoke, provoke true believers to remain faithful until the end. Peter is not trying to tell us to do more or try harder or not to give up. This book tells us to look what God is doing in and through us. He is working through our present suffering so that we will endure. Now I'm going to verse 11. I'm going very slow. All that talking was only verse 10, sorry. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Why did this word come like this? Why? Why did he say to him the dominion to be to him be the dominion forever and ever? This was in response to God's promise and the God we worship. God is promising us to restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish as we can sing his praises. I was surprised when we were singing here. I just looked at everybody. There was no one who was saying, uh -huh. Sue didn't want to say, Ah, oh, Gerard is here. Let me just live like this. No. Ronnie didn't say, Ah, oh, Chandra is here and she, she makes good, good food for me on Wednesday, so I shouldn't lift my hands. No, she was. Ronnie was just free. To her, it was like she's in the house. She's just worshipping. Chando was like, oh, I don't have even my son or my grandchildren or my daughter-in-law. No, I'm in the house of my father. I can worship. I looked at Aaron and I looked the way he was worshipping and the mother and they didn't even want to look at each other. They were busy. Everybody was just busy worshipping. Wow, you people, you know how to worship. May the Lord bless you for that. And then, what the, why does Peter end on this note? He ends on this note saying that he's going to give us the confidence and comfort that even when we are suffering, we should get comforted that God is powerful and will cause his sovereign will to come to pass. When we get into the house of the Lord, I know we all have challenges or tribulations or things that are going on in our life. But the moment we get into the house of the Lord, we just want to release ourselves to the Lord. You just want to love God. You just want to worship. You just want to speak to your God. You just want to have that relationship with God. You don't have any doubt. You don't have any fear. You are not even anxious of anything. 
because you've taken heart and you have confidence in God, you pray. Our God doesn't go to sleep. Our God is not busy. He listens to us. He's always there listening to us. And that's why he's saying, stand firm in true grace of the Lord, in verse 12, exhortation. And here we see Peter talking about Silas, and he's calling him a faithful brother. I've written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. So we see Peter is commanding Silas. Who was this Silas? Silas used to walk together with Paul. He was Paul's companion. And he commended Silas for being a faithful brother. And so he explains that this faithful brother He's writing to you. I've written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. That even as you walk with the man of God, as you serve together with the man of God, as you are so faithful to serve with this man of God, may the true grace of God be upon you. In other words, Peter was speaking blessings to this man. He was speaking blessings to Silas. And so Peter is also rehearsing to us, he's also speaking to us that God's gracious work in Christ is there for us. He's always there to save us. He's always there to sustain us. He's always there to purify us, to ultimately glorify his children. And what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to stand firm. We should not run or shift away, but stand firm. We need to stand firm. Now, let me go to verse 13 and 14, which is very interesting. And I asked questions. Nobody answered. So don't don't answer me today, but you, you go home and have a time and get an answer to this question. The verse says, she who is at Babylon, who is like chosen, who is likewise chosen, Sends you greeting, so does Mark, my son, greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Wow. Is that what that verse says? Can someone else confirm to me? Okay, read it, read it, Ronnie. No, stop there. She who is at Babylon or in Babylon, who is Peter talking about? His wife? She. Who is the she? Is it his wife? Who is he? Who is she? <laughs> wow. I've been trying to think. Why did he say she who is at Babylon? I kind of think it is the historical city of Babylon in the Old Testament which is a city in the, in the ruins. There is no evidence that Peter has traveled there either, if we check in the Bible. But I'm still wondering. But I feel like this is the same place 
where we have the church in Rome. So the church is often referred to as woman. Have you ever thought of it? We always refer the church as woman. Where is that in the Bible? We talk about the bride of Christ. <laughs> in Second John, where he writes to the church and opens with the elder to the elect lady and her children. In Second John verse 1. There's good evidence that Peter was writing from Rome. And Babylon would be a reference to Rome, just like in Revelation. So why does Peter say Babylon instead of Rome? He is using the imaginary of church as the new people of God, the new Israel. Now, people live in Bialaba. There's a history that goes on in Bialaba. But New Horizons Church, having started in Bialaba, it can change the atmosphere of the bad history about Bialaba and make Bialaba the heart of Victoria for people to come and visit and meet with God. Amen. Nothing is impossible to God. Amen. Nothing is impossible to God. Now, let me continue. Peter is using the imagery of church as the new people of God, the new Israel. So while Babylon is in the Old Testament and it was treated as a wicked place and a city that was full of wickedness and a city that opposed to God and his people and was full of power, wealth, violence, sensuality. Rome is now the center of power and wickedness opposing God's people. So Peter is saying, you know that brotherhood throughout the world, that is suffering. When the church in Rome sends you its greetings to know that you are not alone. Mm. New Horizons Church, you are not alone. Watcher City Church, Maryborough, you are not alone. Mm. And I want, it, I want you to take it personally. Just call your name. Say, Helen, I'm not alone. So just call yourself and say, I'm not alone. You are not alone. The Lord is always there. Remember, we started with, he who started a good work, he will accomplish it. He chose you for, for a purpose. And so, as we continue with that verse, um, uh, verse 14, it says, uh, we read that, John is sending greetings to Mark and is calling him and referring him as his son. A lot of people think when I say, okay, I'm just so proud of Aaron. I take him as my son. And they look at me in a funny way. You are an African, he's a Fiji. It doesn't work like that. We as Christians, we are able to raise the young generation. And not only the young generation, but all Christians, the young Christians, we are able to raise them to the word of God, to grow them, to mentor them, to encourage them. So that one day, when we, are, when we see them growing up, they can also plant another new horizons. I don't want to keep on seeing a new horizon here, 
just us here. No, we are going to have another baby for New Horizons. Nothing is impossible. Yes. We are going out and spread the word. We want to change. We don't want this place to be like Babylon. We want to change the atmosphere. So we are going to start by expanding, going out, talking to people, inviting people to come and fellowship. And as they come to fellowship, we start to grow them, we start to speak to them, encourage them, we build them, we mentor them. And then we send them out. We do what Matthew 28 says. And so Peter is finishing by saying, finally, finally, brethren, Greet one another with a kiss of love. Mm. Wow. I know we have teenagers here and they are saying, Oh, Pastor, welcome. You are saying, kiss in the church. Wow. Imagine coming here and everybody is just being kissed with them. <laughs> but this is not that kiss that you are thinking about. This is the kiss of love. Wow. This is not the kiss that people think about. It means touching cheeks, not lips. It is an expression of love within the family of God. In other words, I don't want to, to, to emphasize on the kiss. I'm just emphasizing that you can't kiss someone that you don't love. All right? Yeah, you look at me and I'm talking the truth. You can't kiss someone that you don't love. You always kiss someone that you love. But in the church... The kiss we give one another, the hug we give one another, it is with the love of God. And why do we hug one another? Because we feel that you, when you are hugging one another, it is a sense of acceptance. I'm accepting you. Just come close. I'm just there for you. And so we do this to show that we are family. If you go somewhere to visit a family, and you just expect them to give you a hug and they don't, you feel, is it all right? There's a time I went to, 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 to northern Kenya, where I come from, and I visited this friend of mine, and she's a Muslim, and she was so happy, and she hugged me, and I had my pastor, and my pastor was male, and she just, hello, man of God. She didn't even stretch her hand. And then I asked her, Amina, I thought you were going to greet my friend. She said, no. In our religion, we are not allowed to greet any person of the opposite sex. And that is Muslim. The strong Muslims. But Christ has delivered us and we are free and free indeed. So everywhere we go, we just want to change the atmosphere of hatred. The atmosphere of the cultures of this world. We don't want to be that deep, that have you, do you have that religion here? We have a religion in Kenya that they don't greet one another. It is illegal. So I come to your place and you also do the same. That is the greeting. In Kenya. In Kenya. Yeah, I come and visit you. Good. Now we've talked. And I won't come closer to you. And I'm so grateful that that is not here in this church. Imagine coming here. And we're expecting to give Chandra a hug, and she just goes, How would you feel? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're just there, I'm getting out. No, that is a sense that means that there is no family, there's no connection, there is no acceptance. 
that as a church that, ha that is delivered, the church that has, st has stood firm, I don't think we are even fearing Corona. It is there, but we've forgotten about it. We accept one another. And that's why Peter is saying, greet one another with the kiss of love. In other words, accept one another. Be a family. Join with one another. Be there for one another. I don't think people will be happy with me, but it's the Bible. The Bible says, love one another. Show hospitality without grumbling. Use your gifts to serve one another. Mm? At times I look at our gifts and we just don't want to help one another. You see it even at work. People ask, do you want to train? No, I don't want. I get more tired talking to people. Yet when you started that job, you got trained. So if you don't want to train, how, how do you expect that new person will learn? The same way, you have children, we have sisters and brothers. Now, when is, we came here and started, we used, oh, it's already five, sorry. When, when we started the Alaba, we used to have only pastor and me singing. And we didn't want to continue doing that. I'm singing, he's singing, then after that he preaches and I do communion. I'm so grateful today we just sit down and we just watch them. They are doing the communion, they are doing the worshiping, and it's good. looks very, very nice. And so I want to encourage you, everyone who is here, take Bialaba, take New Horizons Church, that chair you are sitting on. Have a possession on it. Take it as a post that the Lord has put you there for a reason. Maybe you are here just to visit. But when you go back to your church, wherever you sit, wherever you are serving God, take that position seriously. Knowing that God has placed you there with a reason. He, you are not there by accident. Let us show how to serve one another. Let us use what we have to be a blessing to another. Let us be a family. And lastly, Peter ends with peace. He says, may the grace and peace be multiplied to you. He prays and wishes for their peace in Christ. Why? Because peace would allow them to endure and persevere until end. And then take hold of the crown of life. We serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he is the one who is establishing us as a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession. Why? So that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We exist to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do it with words and back it up with our lives, even in suffering. So we as believers, we are supposed to stand firm in true grace of God. In this letter that Peter was writing, the aim was for believers to endure and persevere in their faith, not departing from the grace of God. I've got a question for you. As we consider how to relate with one another in love, within the body of Christ. How are you challenged to love and deal graciously with fellow believers? 
As you think about it, I'm going to end there and say, we need to stand firm. Can we do that? Yes. We can trust what is written. And I would urge you, yes, we can do that. Let us stand firm. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and a whole bunch of other platforms. Feel free to listen. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.